This episode was recorded on April 3rd in 2021. And so at the time, we were three days away from the elections, and Justin Michael Henricks was a write in candidate for District 3 for the Champaign City Council and unfortunately did not win. But his passion continues on, and I feel like we should keep an eye on him in the future because great things are coming from him. And now, on to the episode. Just want to be really truthful to myself, and that's just all about what hip-hop is. Hip-hop is just a movement that doesn't stop. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Welcome to Champagne is Also a Band podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking with Justin Michael Henricks. Today, we're going to be talking about his song, Cream. So, Justin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation. I really appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Without further ado, let's listen to the song. Let's get into it. Check the show notes for a link to the song, Cream, on SoundCloud. Welcome back. So, Justin... Uh, my first and favorite question is to always ask, what came first, the the music or the lyrics? Uh, that's a tough question, but I got an easy answer. I first heard the music, and that's what made me go gravitate to it and then write the lyrics. So yeah, I was it was the music for me for this particular song. The music behind this song is created by producer Jalil Beats. What, what kind of clicked in your head when when you heard the music that that you knew that you wanted to put words to it yeah well i will say um jalil beats is a known hip-hop producer he produced for people like meek mills and also a few songs for jay-z and a few other artists and so i just wanted to make sure that like when i heard his beats that i gave it justice and i was just going through the beats because on my soundcloud i am subscribed to his page and he usually does like this tour monthly um subscription where he releases instrumentals that people can use at their leisure. And so I ended up scrolling over through the notifications that I got uh, updates or instrumentals. I started going through them and then I heard the cream beat. And of course, me being from the love of hip hop generation, I really gravitated towards that beat and me loving Wu-Tang Clan and then even the emphasis off of cream and what, and what it stood for. It really like drove me to grab my pen and really push it and like, let's get to right and let's get it done. Wu-Tang Clan did do a song, Cream. Yes. And so th- this is in reference to that. 
how did you want to meld those two together or make reference to or give honor to that previous piece of work as well? So with the song in particular, outside the sample, when it came to the lyrics, I really wanted to be truthful to the song and what it stood for, which is cash rules, everything around me. And even in the lyrics, cash rules, everything around me, cream, get the money, dollar, dollar bill, y'all. And it's about just the hustle, the push for yourself to really get out there and get, and get the cash. And we know that cash and money rules everything. And people try to act like monetary things don't advance you in certain apparatuses, and it does. And so even with the lyrics, it's just talking about cream, getting money, being successful in different ways. Also, in a sense, shitting on your haters, to be honest. <laughs> and so uh, with that being said, I wanted to make sure that the lyrics are really truthful to me. Also, being a black queer person, um, I really include my lyrics of being inclusive of LGBTQ especially being from the ballroom community. So I in incorporate words like shade, incorporate words like tea and yes, queen and stuff like that in my lyrics because I want to be truthful to my upbringing of black queerness and liberation also through my hip hop lyrics too. So I always wanted to bring in the aspect of the hip hop community and also the liberation of my LGBTQ community. Since you brought it up, you, you identify as queer. Yes. It feels like the, the hip hop community has always been, it's been a very difficult hill to, to climb. How do I ask this? And, and I'm, I, you know, sometimes I just get too um, worried. Are we about getting into the like, homophobia? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like there, there tends to be a lot of uh, bravado, a lot of uh, machismo, a lot of like um, homophobia. I mean, well, let, let, let's be yeah. honest. I mean, hip hop is a very masculine, toxic environment. And um, and not even that, but just in the sense of how it changed over over the years, as we understand when hip hop first came about, hip hop was about a movement, a message. Well, not even before that. Well, before that, that's when we had a hip hop, a hip, a hip to the hip hip hop. That hip hop was more so about the groove, the sensation of celebration. Then it went into the message when it went into hip hop songs where it was more so about what's going on in the times right now when it was the crack epidemic. And uh, we had Reaganomics and stuff like that. Then it transitioned from the crime bill era of the message into then we had the East Coast, West Coast territorial rap. But then also we had the NWA with the fuck the police uh, mantra, which then also pushed that that call out for the social injustice movements that we see even now. So hip hop has transitioned in those ways. But then also currently now hip hop has got into a phase of this is a social media era hip hop, as I call it. So everything is very quick and microwavable to the point it doesn't have much substance it just fills you for the time being until your next meal meaning until the next hot song comes out you you won't you're just fed for the moment so i just always thought with hip-hop you had those type of transitions going through them but then also we have to recognize that queer people have been in these spaces for years trans people have been in these spaces for years in hip-hop whether we've been fashion designers whether we've been uh models whether we've been in the backgrounds pushing drugs for them, because most most won't tell you, but a lot of queer spaces, queer and trans spaces were used to smuggle drugs because most of the times you wouldn't think to go to these spaces to identify the drug dealers or the drug transactions. So we also have to understand that we've been in these spaces, but yet instead we were still ostracized for, for our authenticity, for our inclusion, and just wanting to be ourselves. So I always say when it comes to hip hop, I look at people like Sylvester, who's been, who was here for years ago in the disco era and a sense grooved and moved in those, in those ways when, when homophobia was really at large in the black community and even in the nation. And he used his, his music to really transcend and transform a message to people of community. 
And then even now, currently, you have hip-hop artists that are, that are queer, like Cakes the Killer, who's been killing it for years. People sleep on Cakes the Killer. And like Cakes the Killer does a phenomenal-ass job when it comes to music, uh, delivery, lyricism, all that. Another queer artist I listen to is Lee Kelly, 47. And that's another queer artist that goes in and she goes hard when it comes to lyricism. So I'm, I want to suggest people check out Cakes the Killer and Lee Kelly, 47. Because like I just feel like queer music is very important because we are the beat. We are the downbeat. And that takes you back even to house music back in the days in Chicago. House music was in black and queer spaces before it transcended into like a dance technology era. So that's another thing also when we talk about queer and trans folks and black music and the history of it from hip hop to, to, to house music. We've been in these spaces for years. A lot of the movements that I think the general public just kind of takes for granted doesn't necessarily consider the fact that it is started by uh, queer black folk. Mm -hmm. I just appreciate that there is a voice out there that is celebrating and, and focusing and, and, you are recognizing where the history comes from and, and where y- your words should go. You mentioned a few hip-hop artists that you admire that are queer and mm-hmm. part of the LGBTQ plus movement. How do you feel yourself fitting into that into that picture, into the, the hip-hop scene? I will say my style, I believe, fits and it doesn't force myself to where it's trying too hard. It's just being truthful to myself. I grew up on hip hop. I understand the history of hip hop. So therefore, it's authentic. It's truthful. It's inclusive because I also make sure I include like my history. I make sure I include my queerness, my blackness. I make sure I include my my ballroom community. Like I said, when it comes to the lingo, I just stay true to the facts of myself to which hip hop was 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 birthed from truth on facts from the street life to the uh, upbringings to uh, even the downfalls. Hip hop is just truth telling in the sense of that. And I feel like the best way to be with my style of music is truth telling. I'm not going to hide who I am because of stereotypes against queer people. I'm not going to not say certain things because of my blackness. I'm going to make sure I say those things. And if they are provoking, then so be it. I really don't give a fuck. It's my pen that I push. And these are my lyrics that I that I choose to write because they're truthful. And also they hit hard. <laughs> In this song, you, you mentioned things like the the filthy green animal, sticky hundreds. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, it, it's, you know, in, in this stage of late capitalism, we are dealing with this sense of you have to have the money. Like, m- mm-hmm. money is power and it dictates kind of our pr- the progress of our lives. And I mean, not to interrupt you, but I mean, if you look at the sense of American history, we were told that money was the access to everything, but really it's the root of all evil. But yet through history, we see movies such like Wall Street that shows you how money is used to capitalize and also corrupt, but also become beneficial for the corrupting at the end of the day. We've seen this done in movies. We've seen this done in Hollywood. We've seen this done in politics like Watergate. Even recently, like people selling Senate seats, uh, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, people show how how money can get you certain access, even if it's the wrong access, it's still getting you access to where if you didn't have it, you couldn't move move around in the ways that you could. So I just feel like in the sense of the lyrics of the song Cream, when I'm talking about the money and what I'm saying, when I was like, everybody getting everybody mad, getting to the money for the green animals, sticky hunters, drip honey. 
It's just like, besides the fact of me trying to spit a hot lyric and be catchy, it's more so like telling what I'm at. I'm at, I'm hustling hard. I'm trying to get so much money that it sticks to me. And that's the sense of it. Because not only am I trying to get the money to stick to me, I'm also trying to get the money to also expand at the same time. Did it start with the everybody mad? Or did it, did, uh, was there another line that you, you started off with? Actually, that was the first line. I was like, everybody mad. <laughs> because I just got done listening to that song. I was watching the Beyonce Homecoming DVD or Netflix special. She just got done performing that uh, dance portion to her performance. She has that song used as part of her performance. When the beat was playing and it started banging, I was like, everybody mad. I've been getting to the money, 50 green animals. I was like, okay, yeah, I can do this. I was like, you know, so I started kicking it from there. It just kept flowing from there. And I just was like, I was just like, okay, let me keep going with it. Let me keep going with it, see what it comes with. But like, I would take breaks because I didn't want to overwhelm myself was trying to write something then and now. So I would like take breaks, come back to it. And I was like, by the end of the week, then I had like, I had a little bit of a song going and then I went back to it again the following week. And I'm like, okay, it's complete now. And then I then tried to go over the beat with it and everything. And just was like, okay, I like this. And then it was just the point, like the stuff I was saying, it was like in reference of cream and coffee in reference of cream and money, uh, just in the sense of things that go into coffee and then also uh, using that in a sense of terminology for for real life. And so, like, I really enjoy, like, like doing all that. And even, like, my O-Day or homage to Wu-Tang Clan when I was, like, turning ODB into an R.I.P. You know, yeah. I'm saying, like, oh, dirty bastard, rest in peace. You know, stuff like that. So I was literally trying to be catchy with my lyrics. And then even, like, mentioning lyrics from the song, like, Shatterproof in the Coop. That's from the actual song. And then, um, you know, just trying to be real truthful that even when like down to like my homeboys dressing all red, my homeboys, they so whoop, you know, yeah. it's like really being being really truthful to my lyrics and like things that are happening in my real life. But then also being respectful to the originators and creators of the song. And so just wanted to really pay homage and also create a bomb ass track because it was for my birthday when I released it. Do you have a favorite lyric uh, in this song? It's kind of hard because I have I have a few of them. I do like Shatterproof in the Coop, Cash Rules, Everything Around Me, Salute. Uh, I do like that one because the way that on the beat, how cha-chings at the end of that yeah. bar, and also it uh, brings in the old school sample of the Wu-Tang song. I will say, yeah, turn the OD beat into an R.I.P. Shame on a nigga who trying to game on me. Woo. Shatterproof in the Coop, Cash Rules, Everything Around Me, Salute. I just think that flows really hard. And it also like it just it's real catchy. And, you know, so I think like that really is like one part of the song that I really like bang with like really hard. When I say middle, top to bottom, GED, greedy by all means, gluttony to the green, you know, and even like talking about that, like I'm even mentioning like how we are envious and it's gluttony, you know, how we are trying to get the money it's gluttonous of us, you know, and it becomes like, you know, in a sense of me having fun with it also with talking about money, greed, influence, Wu-Tang Clan, hip hop. Although you you respect the form, kind of the idea of like money is the power, but yet I feel like it it do, it doesn't change who you are specifically. I think in this song, right. it just it gives you an opportunity to be like, well, in the end, it's all about the way that I look at myself and the way that I how how I stand, how I am. Is, is that a fair assessment, or is that is that that was that was when I when I read through no. the lyrics and listened, I thought that. That felt right. Yeah, like it talks about like how money is obtainable, money is tangible, money is something that we want to acquire. But at the same time, also, it's a way that we influence each other. And then also, it's a way that I use it to metaphor 
or 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 uh, write certain lyrics that can make you think I'm talking about money, but I'm talking about something else. It could be an action or a habit uh, of the sense of being greedy. Uh, most people think that when you are greedy, greedy means that you're green with envy or you're just being very gluttonous. And so that's another sense of money because when you have money, you can buy up a lot of things. And that in a sense to me is gluttony, you know? So those are another ways that I use the, the sense of green or money also in, in my lyricism, but then also being true to myself and saying like, yeah, this is what it is, but this is not me. But in a sense, I'm playing a take off the song and want to be truthful to it at the same time. So why is this your favorite song that you wanted to talk about? Well, for me, it's my favorite song I wanted to talk about because it's my most current material that I've created. It shows my growth. If you go to my SoundCloud, Hitting Homeboy, H-I-T-N-H-O-M-E-B-O-Y, you will get a sense of my growth from when I first started to create music up until now. I haven't done recently any music in 2021. I plan to hopefully, after I finish this recent election season and then start the relaunch of Hitting Homeboy, my organization, then I'm going to go back into creating the visuals and things that I did for my last project through Hidden Homeboy. It was called Manhood for Sale. And you can find that on my YouTube channel on Hidden Homeboy. But I just feel like that it was chosen because I wanted to do it around my birthday. Um, it had a nice theme to it. And I wanted to really like showcase my talent and where it's been since then because people really haven't heard my music in a while. And so I really wanted to use that as a platform and outlet for myself too because I've been bottled up and wanting to like say something musically for a while, and that was my way of doing it. Even in the midst of the current coronavirus pandemic, the Jubilee Cafe is continuing to serve packaged, home-cooked meals free to all every Monday evening, 5 to 6.30 p.m. Meals are available for pickup outside the 6th Street door to the Community United Church of Christ in Champaign, Illinois, 805 South 6th Street. Jubilee Cafe's mission remains the same. Feed hungry people by cooking healthy and delicious meals. We are open to anyone who cares to receive a meal. For information on the meal or how to volunteer, Go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email us at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Welcome back. So, Justin, in this section, we normally talk about the Champaign-Urbana music scene. I'm kind of curious, though. I, I want to talk a little bit about Hitting Homeboy, your organization. Mm. So... How did that begin? Well, Hitting Homeboy started when I was living in St. Louis, Missouri. During the time in the unfortunate murder of Michael Brown, I really was brought into advocacy full force and wanting to really use my voice and understand the power of the people when we take a stance against things like food insecurity, racism, social injustices that still exist in the world. After that time of living in St. Louis, Missouri, protesting in Ferguson, my building got broken into multiple times. My dad was like, bring your ass home. <laughs> and so then I returned back home to Champaign and I really wanted to be active in my community and make sure that we regain those things that I seen from a child, but then also understanding the things that need to change that I've seen from a child that still existed, which were many socioeconomic disparities, a lot of discrimination that still exists in, in Champaign today. 
uh, even down to our legislation, we still have home rules that exist from the 1970s, which were built and birthed off of Jim Crow and birth of a nation type of mind frames, which are not prevailing to black and brown bodies, let alone elderly LGBTQ, disabled communities and other marginalized people. From there, hitting homeboy, we became more active and more proactive in the community uh, within the last couple of years within the uh, rebellion and uprising due to the recent death of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Aubrey and a few others, sadly, even in Champaign currently with Kiwan Carrington, as we too are a part of this ongoing history of police brutality that we too do not acknowledge because we're a small town and we pay attention to, to national news. Going back into Champaign, I then was called out during the uprising and I became a huge leader and voice for the unheard in the city streets. I made sure I provided uh, resources with my partner, Marshall Austin, uh, by creating food pantries, providing mutual aid uh, with friends and people like Megan McDonald, uh, making sure that we instill hope in hurt areas with people like Rita Connerly when we would go around and deliver things to families that are in need. Acting as a resource hub without actually having all the resources, but having the community at large to help us create a culture of humanity over charity, as I believe in humanity comes from the heart. Charity, you have to constantly think about what you want to give and how to give it. Uh, and so we just reestablish a sense of education, advocacy, and community culture for Hidden Homeboy. And from there, that's really like pushed me to really drive Hidden Homeboy in Champaign-Urbana to be a door for people to always come into for a wraparound approach because it's tough out here. We have to make sure we have services that are providing 365, 24-7 access. I don't believe in providing services through office hours or in the office space. We have to get out here in the streets because that's where it starts. It starts in the streets. What do you gravitate towards? What do you focus on that um, is your source of hope? How do you keep going? How, what do you hold on to? Um, I hold on to my values. I hold on to my community. I hold on to the city of Champaign-Urbana. I'm born and raised here. I'm a native son. Um, I understand the ins and outs of this city, and I've been able to navigate successfully uh, in and throughout the city, including Campus Town, which we know has been very separated from the community. We know that there's a big division between Campus Town and the community. I've been able to be the driving force and the beacon uh, for intersectionality when it comes to Champaign-Urbana and Campus Town. When it comes to my petitions and even the song Greed, it shows you that Money can allow certain obstacles to be placed in front of a person, even when they are following the directions thoroughly, they can still be set forth with obstacles placed before them to then try to conquer. I even was also exposed in a way to which I did not financially have the means to obtain a lawyer. I would say that what pushes me is the community, like I said, my pillars, education, advocacy, community culture. It's my community. It's, it's me knowing that I have nieces and nephews that can actually live in, an, in a society that I know I helped shape for the better. Uh, even as a preschool teacher myself, I'm a preschool teacher in my second year at Urbana School District, but I've been teaching preschool for over seven years, including uh, in St. Louis at WashU. But just knowing that I have a hand and impact in the future of children, not just in the classroom, but outside the classroom, that to me is also a touching moment for me because I can make sure they're safe in schools and make sure they're safe out of schools. Because as a teacher, I can only keep them safe for so much and for so long in a certain time frame. That is another reason why I continue to go for this. And to me, I feel like I can't be stopped. Like, like, like they say, can't stop, won't stop. And I just feel like, just want to be really truthful to myself. And that's just all about what hip-hop is. Hip-hop is just a movement that doesn't stop. I push hip-hop in my platforms at all times because that's what I grew up on. 
Uh, shout out to Dr. William Patterson. Uh, that's one of my main mentors growing up because he taught me about the upbringing of hip hop from Crush Groove to Def Jam, everything about the upbringing of hip hop and even how it goes into history. Like I said, with the crack epidemic, Reaganomics, he taught me history through hip hop. And also with that being said, I learned to then also channel hip hop in my movement, in my conversation, in my initiatives, because hip hop is what is gravitating the masses. And also not even on a bigger scale, black culture gravitates the masses and we are the main source to the mixing pot that we all claim to be a part of. Normally, I ask this about the Champaign-Urbana music scene because, you know, we're in the midst of a pandemic. Um, yeah. Normally, I would have somebody in the studio and just have a chat. Um, yeah. But but what I want to say is, like, even in the middle of this, what are you looking forward to? And, and, then, and then on top of that, like, when... Things are lifted. Like what? What also makes a really good community or a really good music scene? Let's get back to being humans, not feeling like we're robots. And uh, let's get back to socialization, talking to each other. Also, one thing I want to make sure is that even during this pandemic, mental health is very important, and we must make sure that we check on each other, especially now, and then especially even after, because some people may not have the same social surroundings as they do now. Some people may not have the same support that they would have after the pandemic. So we need to make sure that we are supporting each other during the pandemic and after the pandemic when it comes to mental health, from socializing with people uh, to communication, to engaging with people. Public spaces and event spaces like where we catch the buses at and we go like to enjoy basketball games. Those places should have been thoroughly cleaned back then, not now. Come on now, like it looks nasty to see subways being power scrubbed now like they've never been before. Like, why weren't you cleaning in that good like previously? Let's get into our cleanliness routines. Let's get back into being humans. Uh, let's make sure we enjoy life more, appreciate life more, appreciate one another even more. Because um, that we see we lost a lot of loved ones and loved ones that we may not even know. Because uh, to me, we're all humans and we're all a, hum a human family and a humankind. To be appreciative of, e of each other, be appreciative of life. Make sure that we promote the skills of art and talents that uh, people you know, been kept up in the house wanting to do, especially now like with, with uh, concerts being mostly virtual. I know people are very excited to get back into like festivals and, and traveling to concerts and, and just gathering around a musical scene or a music space and just being, even if it's outdoors, it's just the point of being around a good, a good environment, good vibes, um, good people. That's basically where I'm at with it. It's, let's party like we've never seen people before, <laughs> but, but, yeah. but safely. Yeah. <laughs> It, it like because we had this pandemic because we have to be extra sanitary because of of things like that we've taken this new uh approach to well this this space that we normally don't consider anything or we just consider it dispensable we are now cleaning it we are now making sure that it is safe yeah um i i feel like maybe it would be amazing to see those lessons that we've learned during this time to continue um, yeah because one thing we learned is that it showed how careless we are when it comes to health and hygiene cleanliness uh sanitizing down to the simple of a of a, of a bus seat or, or a bus rail you know just as that simple or a school rail as you're going down the stairs just something that simple like a light switch in your house can cause a large bacterious infection or even more. And then 
unfortunately, these things happen that have taken place. So, yeah, it's like we have to really, like, take the world and put it in a washing machine and really <laughs> spin cycle that bitch. Yeah. <laughs> COVID-19 got you down? You looking for some music? Some video games? Well, Exile Main Street still has all the things you need. New and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile Main Street still has something for any music enthusiast and old-school gaming devotee. Exile Main Street is taking orders, making deliveries, and pickups by appointment. They can find just about any music or video game you need. Check out their website, ExileMainStreet.com, for links to their Discogs page for new additions. You can also contact them via Facebook Messenger to see what they can find for you. They can also be reached on Instagram, Twitter, email, or phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. So welcome back. Justin, what is your favorite non-musical thing? Uh, my favorite non-musical things. Let's see. I love food. I'm a big foodie. Mainly for fruit. I love fruit because I anything, well, mainly, mainly Nutella. Anything I can eat with Nutella, I can like do it. So mainly it's fruit. So like strawberries, pineapples, grapes, and Nutella. That's like my, main, my favorite thing to do. Also, I love watching uh, crime documentaries uh, and like historic documentaries from like um, black revolutionaries to government corruption to uh, just the history of historic people or just their livelihoods and upbringing from musicians to just uh, politicians or public figures in in history. Uh, So those are like my favorite things to do, like cozy up with some Nutella, some fresh fruit. And watch some some corrupted government films. <laughs> so, so, would you? Is there a film that you'd recommend that uh, you've seen um, lately? That you, yeah. Honestly, but it's a musical film, uh, but it's a good one. Uh, Tina Turner. She recently released her documentary, and her documentary to me has been very inspiring on many ways outside of just music. To know that a person could be in love with a skill for so long that they become compromised for success. And then when it's time for them to find themselves, they are pigeonholed and they are, and then they fight until they're no longer pigeonholed. And then they realize this fight that they've been trying to fight has been for over 20 to 30 years. They now reached a peak where they think they have passed the age of success. And this person reinvented themselves for even more success. So to know that Tina Turner was with Ike for so long, and then when she broke away from him, she was past the age of where people thought that they could be successful in music or like when, in modeling and acting. So she probably was like, I want to say in her 40s. And in her 40s, she made most of her biggest hits. Like what love, What's Love Got To Do With It, uh, The Best, Private Dancer, all these hit songs she has done after a 40-year career. And people don't know that those songs came out, yes, during our childhood, but she was well past her adult age and she had her most success then. So that shows me that people, time is on your hands, on your side. Mm. You have control of time. Time does not have control of you. Yes, years come and go, 
but you still have time on your hands to say, this is when I want to do this and I can plan this and execute it to where it works. And it's beneficial for me and others. Cause as we see, even though she was so up in age releasing this music, her music still transcends into now into the younger generations that are still listening to Tina Turner. And that shows you, and those are her biggest hits. People aren't really playing Proud Mary as much as they're playing like, what's love got to do with it? I don't want to fight. Uh, the best, Private Dancer. You know, these songs are like her biggest hits, but they came out when she was 40, 50 years old. Mm. And they're rock songs at that. To see, to see a Black woman do rock music also is even more magnifying uh, in a sense to where Black girl rock is more than a mantra. They actually can see Black girls doing rock music. So that shows them another sense of inspiration too, even with music. Also, sense of being in and being a person and thinking that you're too old to do something and achieve something. So uh, I would recommend for that Tina Turner. Uh, before Tina Turner, uh, what was I watching? I watched a couple documentaries. Um, I watched the uh, Woody Allen Mia Farrow one, and that's kind of touchy for me, pr uh, primarily because I love children. I work with children, and so to hear that situation and what took place is unfortunate. But it, but the but the thing about it that it is, it shows you that we must listen to children. And right. children and children know a good touch from a bad touch. They understand when things are not comfortable. They understand when things are not right from a caretaker. They understand when things are not right from from a stranger. So that thing that taught me that we must listen to children and also understand how traumas that happen to children can also happen even into their adult life. Um, so that's another thing when I say we have to bring in more in mental health resources for people because even children still have traumas into their adult life. Um, another documentary, uh, of course, The 13th by Ava DuVernay that's on uh, Netflix. I also recommend Paris is Burning, which is on Netflix. I recommend you watch Pose, which is the show uh, by FX on Netflix. I also recommend Tongues Untied, which is by Marlon Riggs. I also recommend uh, that you read books, too, for people. Um, a few books that I have, uh, All Boys Aren't Blue by George Johnson, No Ashes in the Fire by Darnell L. Moore, uh, Notes of a Native Son by James Baldwin, Black Boy Out of Time by Hari Zayard. Uh, Why are all the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria by Beverly Daniel Tatum? Uh, so these are books that I have. Also, of course, listen to Jay-Z at all times. Um, <laughs> I'm a huge Jay-Z fan. I would recommend those, of course, the new Jim Crow as well. So I can give you all type of things like that inspire me and that like kind of in the sense of the answers and things I'm giving you kind of makes sense to the type of music I make and my lyricism because it's all things that are connected to me in the sense of black and queerness and also in the times that we're in now of being truthful, fighting against uh, racial injustice and things like that, but also um, paying homage to my ancestors of hip hop and just black people in general. Like every time I think about the times now and when we were protesting, I think about how many times that we played Fight the Power by Public Enemy. Mm. You know, yeah. that just shows you like that song came out back in the 80s and 90s when they were fighting for the rights of black people during a time of oppression to even now we're still playing those same songs to fight the same marginalizations and oppressions. That shows you how hip hop is still fighting a fight that we still have not overcome as people. Justin, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and tell me about your song Cream and your history with hip hop and your contributions, I want to say, to the community of Champaign-Urbana and, and the things it. that you plan as a contribution 
to Champaign-Urbana, and I just really am so grateful for you to take the time to talk with me and, and share your insights, your passion, and I am honored to have had this conversation with you, and thank you so much. Oh, no, I appreciate the invite. Anytime I'm able to come to the table and speak with people about my point of view or learn from other people about insight or even just to ask questions and just get advice and answers, I'm always open for it. Uh, one thing I will say, uh, everybody, if you want to find out more information about me, go to justinmichaelhendricks.com. Uh, you can also go to Hidden Homeboy. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, social media, Instagram, and um, Facebook, all for Justin Michael Hendricks and Hidden Homeboy uh, for all of those. Thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Justin Michael Hendricks reminding you great music is out there. Go find it where you live. Almost have an NPR voice, it's so good.